good morning and happy Valentine's Day. From WKYT News, I'm Bill Bryant, and we welcome you to Kentucky Newsmakers. Later, Richmond Mayor Robert Blythe will be with us to talk about the city's response to the ice storm, the COVID pandemic, and plans for the downtown area. We'll also discuss Blythe's own historic path to where he is during this Black History Month. But first, the pandemic has been rough on Kentucky's economy. Thousands have lost their jobs and filed for unemployment. This week, State Auditor Mike Carmen released a tough report on how the state has responded to the avalanche of filings for jobless benefits. One highlight is what the state did not respond to. Harmon says 400,000 emails requesting answers weren't even opened. The Kentucky Auditor is a unique position carved out in the state constitution independent of the legislature and the governor's office. They can look at anything that raises questions. Mike Harmon, a Republican, is the current state auditor of public accounts and is a former state representative from the Danville area. Auditor Harmon, thank you. We appreciate you being back with us. Well, thank you. Glad to be back. Your report uh, seemed to pull no punches. It referred to a systemic failure of leadership on all levels in responding to the uh, crush of claims. Uh, how surprised were you by what you found? You know, some of the things we certainly, you know, I believe would uh, would come out, but also, you know, the emails especially just kind of, uh, as I said in our report, it just broke my heart that there were 400,000 uh, unopened emails that, that just got archived. And uh, for me, I know I've had multiple people reach out to me trying to figure out how to get their unemployment. Uh, you know, we generally try to refer them to their state rep or their state senator, uh, given that I was there, you know, 13 years prior to becoming author. I do understand that sometimes they can have a better avenue to try to get people uh, to do it. Some of the things that did surprise me a little bit, you know, we did end up finding, we just did a testing of it, so there's probably more, but uh, we found that there were uh, 37 uh, full-time state workers that we uh, did a sample on, we found that 16 of them, uh, and these were state workers that basically had a full-time employment, had a part-time employment that they lost during the pandemic, uh, and they were probably encouraged to file for uh, unemployment after they lost, but we found that 16 of them basically did not qualify and yet still received the unemployment benefits. What happened was early on, uh, the uh, uh, you know, the leadership in the Office of Unemployment ended up turning uh, turning on what we call auto pay, which basically had a lot of the findings as well. They were sending them out without the controls. They were taking some of the controls off. Uh, simple questions like, you know, you know, how much other income do you have, you know, from employment? Something as simple as that would have knocked, uh, you know, many of these individuals out. And so now you've got a situation where really it probably probably was well intended. Uh, but you've got a situation where it creates more problems than it solves. Well, Auditor Harmon, you have said uh, this week that uh, Governor Bashir had uh, uh, good intentions in, in, in trying to get the unemployment going very quickly. Uh, uh, you go back to the shutdowns and people were just thrown out of work. The requests were coming in like an avalanche. Was there any way the administration or state government could have responded any better given the available resources? Yeah, just looking at it, just like you mentioned, I truly do believe that it was a systemic failure in leadership uh, in this regards. And the reason I say that is I know that, and I do agree with you, that we've got a <clears throat> dated computer system. I know that we needed more individuals in place. But you could have the best computer system. You could have, you know, enough staff. <clears throat> but if you turn off those key controls, those key controls, you're still going to have problems. You're still going to have a heightened uh, 
opportunity for fraud. So, you know, those decisions created additional problems that they're still digging out of. Well, the 400,000 unopened emails obviously was attention getting. Uh, how consequential was it, do you think, for those who were trying to get answers? Well, it was consequential, I would, for those individuals seeking answers. But, you know, also we talked about uh, another one of our findings in our report talked about data breaches that went unreported to us. Well, you know, one of those uh, tips came from an email. Uh, so there very well could have been additional uh, hints at additional data breaches. Uh, but the thing that, as I said, you know, for me, that was just broke my heart was from the standpoint that we know that there was probably individuals seeking, because I mean, I've talked to people that they can't get through on the phone and they were told to email, you know, this particular email and still not getting responses. Occasionally people might get a response and get a time scheduled to have an interview and then no one calls them. So everybody's just frustrated. Uh, I know they're trying to do the best they can, but this just really is not acceptable. What is your, uh, you know, your take on, on, on what, what could have been done? Uh, it, you know, was it legitimate to try to get these checks out fast and in a hurry and, and worry about the details later? Or can you just not do that regardless of the circumstances? Well, one, there was federal guidance and there was a violation of, of federal law because they didn't follow that particular guidance. And granted, the guidance was ever-evolving as well, but still, no, they needed to follow the rules that were in place. And if they were going to adjust them, they may, need to make sure they had the proper now, What would I have done? Uh, you know, certainly I, I understand it was a difficult situation. I think, you know, you, you would have had, you could have got multiple people my understanding the general assembly was offering you know well over a hundred uh staff workers i know there was some concerns about security risk but certainly you know just like here in the auditor's office we sign a confidentiality form we go through training uh you could have easily had them do the same uh, and you know work through because what most people want they want to talk to somebody it's just like when i was in, in the state house you know sometimes you would have people call you you would try to solve their problems many times you could, sometimes you couldn't, but a lot of people were just, you know, pleased and tickled that they could talk to a live person. I don't, I don't know if you've ever tried to call and resolve something, you know, you can't get through, you know you've got to talk so much, you just sit there and go, representative, representative. Right. Right. So they want to talk to a live person. So certainly you can do something uh, along that lines and then set those priorities, especially for the emails. I mean, you could train somebody to go through and process those emails. I think early on they were trying to organize, but they just ended up giving up and putting it aside. You know, the governor said that the cuts to the unemployment system over time, including uh, closed offices uh, out in the regions and being down to 90 employees or so, uh, and an old computer system that uh, needed to be replaced long ago made things worse. Uh, do you acknowledge those factors in, in your findings? Yeah, I mean, I certainly believe that uh, those are factors. But once again, you can have the best computer system out there. You can have the best people and, and the number of people. But if you turn those key controls off, those key questions, you're still going to have an increase in fraud potential. And you're also going to create additional problems that you're spending even more time digging out. Uh, you know, I opened a fortune cookie last night and it said something to the effect of, it's always easier to do the right thing up front than spend more time explaining why you did the wrong thing.
There's a, a House bill, it's sponsored by a Democrat in the Republican-controlled uh, legislature, Mackenzie Cantrell, that would address the situation with more money for the Unemployment Trust Fund and would call for the reopening of offices. Uh, you know, that bill or one like it, uh, do you think it needs to happen in this session? Well, I haven't had a chance to actually read that particular bill. I will say that our office stands ready to be a resource to the General Assembly. Uh, members, if they have questions or concerns, certainly we can work with them uh, to make sure that a bill is, you know, compliant with federal laws, and uh, hopefully have some good recommendations in there. To uh, hopefully this will never happen again. What else are you l looking into right now that uh, that you can tell us about, or do those uh, kinds of things have to be uh, kind of stealthy until you're ready to make an announcement? Well, I can give you the <clears throat> the general. Uh, you know, obviously we just released back in December the cap for the comprehensive annual financial report. Uh, we just released uh, the SWAC statewide single audit of Kentucky Volume 1, and every year we, we do those two, and then we do a third one, uh, the SWAC statewide single audit of Kentucky Volume 2, should be released sometime in April. That'll look uh, at similar items, but look more towards the federal dollars that are being expended. So we'll have that, and of course we do close to 600 audits a year, you know, fiscal courts and sheriffs and county clerks. And uh, given that we're currently in session, we also have a couple of bills that are up. Uh, one of them, House Bill 265, we're trying to once again, trying to save tax dollars uh, for sheriffs when it comes to their uh, tax settlements. Currently, some of them have multiple tax settlements and they have to have an audit for each one. So we're trying to see if we can at least unify the audit process of that so that we don't have repetition that costs them additional money under audit. You're elected statewide, and the last time you were here a few weeks ago, you hinted at a possible run for governor in the 2023. Uh, what's been the, the early reception to, to that uh, comment? Well, you know, of course, when I'm in this particular office, you know, I'm working extremely hard for, you know, for the citizens of Kentucky, the taxpayers of Kentucky. Uh, at the time when I have, uh, uh, people have reached out to me, uh, it seems to be a very positive. All right, Auditor Mike Harmon, thank you for being with us today. We appreciate it very much and, again, appreciate the quick return, but uh, uh, we did want to get to that important uh, audit on uh, unemployment. Thanks again. Appreciate it. And we hope you'll stay with us on WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers. We'll be visiting with Richmond Mayor Robert Blythe in just a moment, a historic figure in his own right and leading a city that's on the move. We'll be right back with that. Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers. It's always a pleasure to catch up with Richmond Mayor Robert Blythe, but now seems very timely. The ice storm in recent days led to a state of emergency in Madison County. The pandemic has been a challenge for every community. And as Richmond grows with new housing and shopping opportunities, there are some decisions looming about the city's downtown and other projects that have been discussed. Plus, it's Black History Month, and Mayor Blythe's arc of life reaches from a time when he wasn't allowed to go to the local swimming pool in town to now holding the office of mayor where he is the face of city government. That path has included a lifetime of teaching and pastoring and some spirited music along the way, we might say as well. <laughs> mayor Blythe, welcome. We really appreciate you being with us. Bill, yeah, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure and uh, it's an honor. I appreciate being asked uh, to share from time to time with you. How has Richmond weathered this uh, ice storm that hit uh, this last week? That really takes some uh, some teamwork to deal with, doesn't it? Yes, it does. I just got off the phone maybe about an hour and a half ago with our city manager. Uh, in fact, uh, he actually came by 
for signature on the actual declaration <clears throat> that we uh, gave, of course, of a state of emergency. We gave an oral, a verbal, but uh, and it's good for 24 hours, and then we got uh, our hours signed <clears throat> today. But uh, first of all, the city manager does a tremendous job, but he would not let me say that too often. He always reminds that there's a tremendous team that is uh, taking care of these things. And I've watched them even on my own street uh, because I've not been out, but uh, they do a tremendous job. Uh, city manager has tried to do some special things. Actually, I went by Public Works uh, day before yesterday just to say thanks for what they were going to be doing with the impending weather and to let them know how much we appreciate. So. Uh, there's a team that takes care of that so well, and we're very, very blessed here at Richmond to have such a strong team. That declaration of a state of emergency that you have signed uh, just kind of frees up resources to, to move it uh, very quickly to deal with the, the ICE situation, correct? That's exactly right, and what it also does, Bill, it puts into place something that we can use if it is needed without waiting to the last minute. <clears throat> we heard the announcements of the weather that was coming. So uh, there's no need to wait until that weather hits us and then try to respond uh, <clears throat> by seeking assistance. So we have our uh, assistance uh, already stated as needed in that declaration. So again, you're you're proud of your team and, and everybody who uh, coordinates well in a in an adverse situation like this. That's right. And oh, excuse me, Bill, but also, <clears throat> City Hall is closed today again. Right. So these folks are working uh, while other other employees, of course, are at home. The pandemic has been life-changing for all of us. Uh, as the home of EKU, you've had challenges uh, with the uh, students coming and going and so on, and some resources that, uh, that other cities don't. Uh, how has Richmond uh, weathered COVID-19 and, and the challenges it's brought to the local economy as well? Uh, that's, that's an awesome question. First of all, the city itself has um, <clears throat> has tried to uh, help our employees to, so to speak, uh, weather this storm, the pandemic storm also, by <clears throat> making sure their working conditions were safe. Now, <clears throat> we did that by sending employees home uh, for several weeks. And uh, while <clears throat> they were at home. We tried to provide as much service as we could. Excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm still dealing with a tickle. Oh, I understand <clears throat> that, I, yeah. But uh, as much service as possible uh, to the citizens. Now, businesses, of course, suffered. We've tried to help them by offering grants uh, to help accommodate their losses their employee costs and the kinds of things that they would ordinarily be able to receive and revenues and so on. 
but cannot because of the pandemic situation. Let me let you take another drink there if you want. Uh, the mayor, uh, yeah, good enough you. to uh, join us here at a time that he uh, indicated to us that he's uh, a little bit under the weather. So uh, we'll, uh, we do appreciate that uh, despite uh, that uh, circumstance that he is uh, with us today. Uh, mayor, do, do local governments need assistance uh, from the new federal COVID relief bill to make ends meet or uh, say there in Richmond, could you tighten the belt and get by? Well, I say a little bit of both because Richmond is in a good situation and we're able we're able to meet our budget needs. However, the question certainly would be how long? And uh, so we too have already received some assistance over the past many months from state level, federal level, uh, excuse me, but also, uh, we will probably need further assistance in the months to come. Well, Mayor, despite all the challenges, uh, Richmond keeps growing. A lot of people have flocked in for affordable housing that they can't find elsewhere. They have also uh, found those growing shopping and entertainment options. What's going on in the city right now that uh, you're excited about? Well, several things <clears throat> from the retail standpoint. There is that Menards home supply <clears throat> that's been in uh, process for the past many, many months with some delays and they're about ready to do some building. Now they've got their pad ready to go and so on. <clears throat> in addition, out at exit 83, we are excited about the coming of a family travel center called Bucky's. It's not a truck stop. It's a family travel stop. Has uh, several claims, uh, such as their uh, beaver uh, beaver nuggets, they call them. They're, it's a popcorn kind of thing. They have uh, <clears throat> jerky. In fact, they make their own. And let me go a step further back. <clears throat> they actually uh, grow and process their own beef to make their jerky. I'm excited. Uh, they have a, a pulled pork bar. And uh, so some things like that. In fact, you could stop, I understand, at a Bucky's and just spend hour upon hour. It's like a, a, a real uh, a tourist stop. Uh, and a there real be tourist some, stop. Yeah, locals will go by as well. Uh, La Rosa's, uh, you've announced uh, also uh, coming uh, to Richmond Center and uh, yeah, some other that's businesses. Right. They're out to buy a first watch. La Rosa's uh, Italian uh, 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 restaurant. I'm excited that they're coming. It'll add something else, not only to the Richmond Center, but to the the whole area of Richmond, and uh, uh, I'm excited that they're coming too. They they are uh, very close to opening. We talked about uh, housing developments uh, uh, keep happening, and uh, I wonder about the challenge uh, when new streets are, are coming online that are not on the maps. Uh, uh, first responders uh, have to uh, try to uh, find locations very quickly in the case of a 911 call, or et cetera. Uh, uh, anything that residents can do uh, to assist with that? Yeah, first of all, uh, <clears throat> I'm always excited when I hear that we're growing in that way residentially, but also 
uh, the residents need to understand that it is extremely important that they have their house numbers visible in case there is a need on the part, not just first responders, but uh, <clears throat> there are other needs, but first responders in particular need to be able to find residences and locations quickly. So we ask residents to, to assist in that way, and I'm sure that there, there are technical <clears throat> matters from our planning and zoning department that would require them also. Uh, to do certain things. There had been a, a, an ambitious plan to, uh, to do a lot of work along West Main Street. It would have required a, a long-term construction project. Uh, ultimately, looking at the numbers, looking at the time frame, uh, the city has uh, collected a lot of information and decided not to do that, right? You know, uh, that project has been discussed for the past several years, in fact, <clears throat> and what uh, was a project, so pet project, so to speak, for uh, of one of our uh, former commissioners. It was a, a noble project. Uh, some things that were considered, for example, <clears throat> such as uh, moving telephone poles out of the middle of uh, sidewalks, putting utilities underground, <clears throat> replacing sidewalks, and so on. Uh, wonderful, <clears throat> it was to be done. In, in two or three phases and a couple of years ago when we discussed that phase one and moving it forward we had to get it done before we would even be allowed to get money for phase two and so on mm -hmm. <clears throat> that raised of course great concern for us but uh, looking back on the project <clears throat> having the new commission take a look the determination was that perhaps it is not the best time yeah. for us to move forward with that project. There's going to be an effort apparently to uh, spruce up downtown and uh, you've, you've been uh, talking about that and uh, uh, more announcements to come on that. Mayor, yes. with uh, just over a minute or so left, I want to ask you this. This is Black yes. History Month and as we uh, uh, highlight the accomplishments of African Americans. You are Richmond's first black mayor, uh, and times have changed so much since you grew up uh, in the city uh, that you're now the very prominent leader of. Uh, tell us just a little bit about that arc of time. You know, every now and then I stop and take a look back because I remember coming through in all black, all colored uh, elementary school and junior high school, <clears throat> then moving on <clears throat> to an integrated high school. And uh, how different that was for me. Uh, I did well as a student, and I don't say that to brag, it's just I had a good foundation, and uh, I appreciated that tremendously. Went on to EKU and um, was able to move forward, <clears throat> not just being black, uh, Bill. That's the thing I keep looking at. It's because of where my interests were, my heart was, where I was willing to work, was not always somewhere <clears throat> that there were other blacks who were involved. 
I had to deal with that also. Mayor, thank you very much uh, for uh, being with us today. We really appreciate that, and uh, I, I hope that uh, you get your voice rested up. I know you're having a little bit of an issue yeah. with that, and we appreciate you uh, coming on despite that uh, here on Kentucky Newsmakers. Thank you uh, very much, and we'll see you soon. And I always thank you. All right. Take care. And Be safe. You as, well. you as well. Stay with us now. We'll be back with Greta Van Susteren in just a moment. Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers. Former President Trump's second impeachment trial has been dominating the headlines and overloading Capitol Hill. Where does that leave the COVID-19 relief bill? Our chief national political analyst, Greta Van Susteren, has the details. Hello, I'm Greta Van Susteren, and here is your full court fast break. The Senate bogged down with former President Trump's second impeachment trial. But as the Senate determines Trump's fate, the House of Representatives is focusing on COVID relief. The Democrat-controlled House is doing its best to advance President Biden's $1.9 trillion plan. That package calls for, among other things, a $1,400 stimulus check, an extension to enhanced unemployment insurance, funding for schools, colleges, and universities, plus a federal minimum wage hike reaching $15 an hour by 2025. 12 different House committees are marking up and considering the various legislative proposals. When they are finished, the House Budget Committee will combine the measures, creating one budget reconciliation bill. Speaker Nancy Pelosi says she wants to pass a bill in the next two weeks. And remember, Democrats are using something called budget reconciliation. So once the House advances this bill, assuming it meets all the reconciliation regulations, the bill only needs a simple majority to pass in the Senate, instead of the 60 votes needed to avoid a filibuster. With the Senate split 50-50, that means this legislation could advance without any Republican support. But it also means every single Democrat would have to be on board. And then Vice President Kamala Harris would cast the tie-breaking vote. Want more Full Court Press? Tune in Sunday. We bring politics home, covering the national stories that impact you. And remember, you can catch Full Court Press with Greta Van Susteren coming up at 1130 this morning on WKYT. That's Kentucky Newsmakers. We want to thank you very much for being with us. Remind you, we'll be here bright and early for WKYT this morning. And we'll keep you up to date on that weather as it looks like another wintry week ahead. You make it a good week ahead.